Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to MBR, or as we like to call it around here, Nothing But Rants, the show where I find topics that I'm oddly passionate about, and I pontificate upon them. These are not hot takes, but rather takes that I'm hot about. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into the Film God Network on a fabulous Tuesday evening. Um, a lot of people, you were probably expecting a show last night. Um, your boy came down with the most horrendous version of the flu I've ever had. I'm going to tell you right now, COVID ain't shit alongside what this dude was talking about. This flu, I, I don't mean to make this about me, but it is our show, okay? I've, I've done some crazy things in my life. I've, I've put myself through an immense amount of pain and discipline in search of finding some inner strength, um, such as like fasting. Fasting's a big thing. For the first like seven years out of college, from my senior year until I was about 24, um, I used to fast during January, fast all month. I know it sounds crazy. It was, it was insane. I would go to the depths of, 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 of you know my sanity to try to find some toughness. This shit, this shit turned me into some into some puddle. Okay, I'm talking about awful. So um, so much so that I ain't never received a flu shot in my life. I'm probably signing up for the flu shot the rest of my life. So um, if you can avoid the flu this year at all costs, please do so. Because um, I thought I was gonna die. So welcome in. I hope to have a great show for you guys. Don't know how much juice I'm going to have. It's not going to be the normal me, but hey, we're playing through it. We're fighting through it. Uh, make sure you hit that thumbs up button, like, subscribe, and rate, review it. Um, I want to start with this, okay? And normally, I would be real fit to be tied. I'd be hot. Um, I'd have some attitude about me, but we're going to walk through this with a good old-fashioned, uh, methodical, and monotonous tone here, okay? Um, and that's this NCAA investigation up in Tennessee. Now, here's the deal. I've been around college football a long time. You guys have too. And since NIL and since Transfer Portal has come around, the number one thing I hear on social media all the time is people complaining, bitching, and moaning about how this sport needs some type of governance, about how this sport needs somebody to look over it and take over it, how this sport needs a commissioner, how this sport needs some type of rules enacted and enforced. And then the moment the NCAA tries to enact some type of rules or go out here and catch some people that are doing some malfeasance, everybody gets on social media and wants to clown on the NCAA. I don't really understand this. I really don't. Okay, so much so that today was just another one of these things in a long line of ha ha ha, look at the NCAA, they ain't shit. All right, I, I don't understand this. And you guys, again, y'all criticize the NCAA when they do nothing. When the NCAA sits on their hands and lets all these things go by the wayside, everybody's like, good Lord, what has happened to our sport? And then the moment the NCAA starts, you know, perusing around some of these programs, Everybody's all up in arms, okay? Everybody wants to be clamoring for a commissioner. We need someone to look over the sanctity of college football. I've heard that over and over and over and over again over the last two years. And I understand it. I get it. But let me ask you this. If you just replaced, if you just replaced the term NCAA, if you just replaced it with Commissioner John, you think Commissioner John's out here got a, an approval rating of 100%? You think people like Commissioner John? No, they don't. Tell me how many times you see Roger Goodell get a standing ovation. Zero. Matter of fact, they boo him and spit on him every time they get a chance to. Bud Selig uh, over there at the end, uh, who, who's the MLB commissioner? Oh, Rob Manfred. You think people like, like Rob Manfred? No, they hate Rob Manfred. Okay, I don't even. Adam Silver. Adam Silver had a tremendous uh, PR rating. Everybody loved Adam Silver. 
until he got into that shit with China. And then everybody's out on Adam Silver. Adam Silver's Q rating. All right. Nobody likes commissioners because the moment they enforce some rules on your daggum football team, ah, oh, everything's unfair. Everything's unfair. Everybody sucks. I hate this guy. Get him out of here. Boo. Boo the commissioner. We need help. We need someone to survey this sport. We need to bring back the sanctity of college football. Here comes the NCAA. Trying to enact some rules. Trying to enforce some rules. Trying to say, hey, ooh, probably can't use a private jet to go pick up a high school kid and then offer him NIL money. Probably can't do that. All right? But the moment this all starts getting investigated, the moment the NCAA starts coming around, everybody wants to get these jokes. Everybody wants to shit on the NCAA. And I'm just telling you, you replace the NCAA with a commissioner. It's not going to change how you feel about rules getting enforced in your sport. But the reality of the matter is, okay, you need it. You need these types of things, okay? Because let's look at it. Since these NIL investigations have started in the NCAA, let's look at the three schools, okay? Let's talk about it. Florida State, okay, Florida State's offensive coordinator. These are all reports, by the way. Florida State's offensive coordinator picked up a transfer from the airport, drove him directly to an NIL collective's house, all right? Let them meet with the collective, highly illegal, then drove him back to the facility, continued the recruiting visit. Ooh, we should probably go investigate that. Ah, oh, NCAA, screw you, you're idiots. What the hell, man? Florida, let's look at them. Florida, gained a commitment from a high school football player for, Ill not illegally, but improperly promising him $13 million of NIL. He then gets to campus and they tell him, aha, we were just kidding. Thanks for coming, though. Thanks for signing your national letter of intent. But we ain't got $13 million for you. We thought we might have had it, but we don't have it for you. Thanks for coming clear across the country to play for our 7-5 football program. Don't you think that's worth investigating? Probably. No, 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 no. Commissioner John. Commissioner John can do that, but the NCAA does it. They're idiots. They're stupid. They're out here enforcing rules that they don't even have you know, uh, a clear, concise picture of. Okay? Well, let's take Tennessee into example. Don't you think that if there were a commissioner, not named the NCAA, that if there were a program out here using a booster's freaking jet to fly out to California to pick up a player and his family, fly him back to Knoxville on a private jet, then sit him down in the facility, tell him how much they were going to pay him upwards of $8 million, get his family back on the private jet, fly him back to California, and then secure his commitment. Don't you think that should be investigated? Don't you think that's a little outside the bounds of name, image, and likeness? I think that's what we're forgetting about all this. Name, image, and likeness allows people to make money once they get to college. It was not enacted to persuade or suede a commitment decision. That is not what this was made for. This was made for when you get to college, when you get to your school, and you perform, then major companies can decide to endorse you. This was not made for pay for play. This was made for real revenue, for people to make money off their name, image, and likeness, not to make money off their commitment. There is a reason these things are getting investigated and just throwing your hands up and saying the NCAA is stupid is a very ignorant way of going about this, in my opinion, okay? And it's an easy stance. It's very, very easy to come out here and say, man, screw the NCAA. They're a bunch of bitches. Okay, well, who's going to enact the rules? Okay, so for, for every time you tweet about how, oh, my college football world's ruined, why can't anybody save us? Somebody's trying. 
You just want to shit on them every time you get an opportunity. Welcome in. How are you guys? Doing great. Doing good. I think this is like classic case of, you know, when you're little and every time your parents get on to you and you're like, dude, this is so unfair. Mom or dad just doesn't get it. They don't understand my life. They suck for enforcing these rules that don't need to be around. Like they just need to let me be and I'll be all right. They just need to stay out of my life. And it's going to be okay. But then as you get older, you look back and like, dang, man. I'm so glad I had mom and dad around to enforce these rules on me and instill these values in me because it made me a better person. And right now, you know what? The, do parents make mistakes? Yes. Has the NCAA made mistakes in the past? Absolutely. But you know what? 20 years from now, we might be grateful that the NCAA is enforcing these rules around NIL because all anybody wants to talk about is how NIL is ruining the sport, how there needs to be some type of foundation built around this. There needs to be cohesiveness amongst everybody. 20 years from now, we might be thinking that the NCAA went on top of Tennessee and Florida State and Florida for doing all these things. Look, man, and here's, here's what I told you guys before the show. This is all recruiting-based, right? This is all about player acquisition. This is all about getting players to your campus and getting players to play for you. And if you're in the recruiting world, this shit has not been quiet at all. We know the schools. We know who's out here driving 100 on the freeway. We all do, okay? Tennessee was one of them, all right? And maybe they won't be. Maybe they won't continue to do this. Maybe they'll do it the quote-unquote right way. And that's the other thing I keep hearing about. Well, there's no clear set of rules. Well, I can tell you what's not legal. I can tell you what's not legal in any form of college football recruiting. Flying the damn guy on a, on a uh, booster's private jet to your campus for an unofficial visit. That is not by any stretch of the means legal. And I saw people on social media doing the, oh, really? This is what we're getting up in arms on? Yeah, yeah. This is what people are frustrated about because this is not level playing field. And Tennessee's comments today and, and their, their article or their uh, letter that they wrote to the NCAA, this is comical. And I know we have to do this every once in a while for you guys because people don't like to read, but I'll read for you because this was put in the very bottom of a Pete Thamel report today on ESPN. It's about 2,000 words, and the last paragraph is this right here. Quote, this is from a letter from, uh, I forget man's name, Plowman is his name, shouts out. Hmm. Um, it is, quote, it is intellectually dishonest for the NCAA staff to issue guidelines to, that say a third-party collective slash business may meet with prospective student-athletes, discuss NIL, even enter a contract with prospective student-athletes, but at the same time say that the collective may not engage in conversations that would be of a recruiting nature. Any discussion about NIL might factor into a prospective student-athlete's decision to attend an institution. This creates an inherently unworkable situation, and everybody knows it. That's them basically saying, your rules are shit, so we didn't follow them. Huh? No. You can't do that. By the way, I don't care, again, I don't care what the NIL rules are. All right, it's very clear to me that you can, uh, uh, an athlete can make money once they get to your school, but this idea of enticing an athlete to commit to your program via an NIL, uh, you know, endorsement or an NIL enticement, um, that is against the rules. That has always been against the rules since this stuff came out. Now, I will admit, there is an extreme amount of uh, vagueness to all of this, to this new landscape of name, image, and likeness, mostly due to the fact that the states all have their own independent rules. They all have their own independent legislation because that's kind of how this country was founded. This country was founded on the fact that, you know, states are independent of the, the, the nation as a whole, right? We all have our own little governments, but we all fall under the national government, right? That's the whole idea of the American government, uh, you know, structure. And I understand that the NCAA is trying to work the same way, but you can't do that. You can't do that because we're all trying to play on this quote-unquote 
even playing field. Um, and it just it doesn't make any sense to do it that way. Um, but yeah, th this this statement today was classic to me because it basically said, yeah, we didn't follow no rules because y'all didn't give us no rules. So, you know, we was out here flying kids on private jets. Why not? Um, that was wild to me. Also wild to me was this statement from Spire Sports. Now, the Spire Sports is the collective that is caught up in all this. It's Tennessee's collective fund. Now, this is funny to me. This statement is very, very funny to me. And I don't want to read all of it, but I'm going to read most of it because I think I'm a pretty good reader. Um, I'm going to be quick. But it's so funny to me because this statement has not a shit to do with the allegations and the actual infractions. Okay, but Tennessee fans are eating this up. All right, here we go. Quote, in early 2022, independent of the University of Tennessee or anyone associated with the athletics program, Spire Sports entered a mutually beneficial contractual relationship with Nico Amaliva. That's not how you pronounce his name. That involved <laughs> a limited assignment of his NIL rights, no matter which school he chose to attend. That's cap. Such, quote, representation agreements have become increasingly common. The parties agreed that their contractual rights and obligations would be governed by California law, which freely allows prospective college athletes to enter such agreements. Now, they go through this full three-paragraph answer about how, hey, we didn't do nothing wrong with signing this contractual agreement, and I'm agreement with you. I don't think Tennessee did anything wrong with regards to paying this athlete. What they did wrong was flying the kid out on a private jet and offering him $8 million before he signed a national letter of intent. That was against the rules, okay? That you can't do. And by the way, everybody knew about this. Everybody. Everybody who is anybody paying attention to recruiting knew about this. This was very loud, very, very loud. In Discord today, okay, people were asking about this. Hey, is this real? And I said, yeah, it's real, okay? There's a difference between paying a kid to come to your school and flying him out on the PJ. There, there's two totally different lines being crossed there, all right? And everybody knew about this one. This was very loud. This was very obvious. And when you're loud and obvious, the NCAA is going to show up, and they're going to investigate. And whether or not they come away with something is beside the point. The point is, can't be flying kids out on PJs, all right? You can offer them $8 million, but once they get there, all right? I, I This one's funny to me, guys, because all the – all the uh, posturing we've seen from Tennessee is very strong-handed. It's very loud and obnoxiously right. Um, or we're right, we're innocent, we haven't done anything wrong, while also dodging the actual allegations of what the NCAA is claiming, which is that you did this with improper means. Mm -hmm. You did not negotiate this in good faith. Yeah, it's clear to me that Tennessee is trying to come away by playing the victim here. And, and, and like you said, it's just not going to work out simply because of what they did with the private jet and things such as that. It is. It, I think it is. I do somewhat understand the sentiment as to why Tennessee's upset because it's kind of a why us, why now? And, and, and whether or not you believe that the NCAA has a bone to pick with Tennessee or that they have it out for them, it does seem like they've had a lot of allegations and investigations come down the pipe lately, especially when you've got like guys like Ryan Day saying, oh, it's going to cost us $13 million to get a – to keep our roster this year and then signing Caleb Downs and Julian Say. And, like, there's a lot of fishy stuff going on in college football. So if I'm a Tennessee fan, I'm looking around kind of saying, you know, why why us right now? Why are we the ones getting picked off? Because uh, your boosters decided that they were going to leak a story to The Athletic about a 2023 five-star that they gave $8 million to. Shut up. <laughs> Just be quiet. You know what I mean? If you out here in the streets, don't be telling the feds. You know what I mean? Like, that's what they did. Yeah. This was so loud. Mm -hmm. I can't, I, it's, it's, now it's fandom. Okay. Fans will always play victim, but how do you play victim here? 
I remember when that article came out about Tennessee play paying an athlete and like they try to be very discreet about it, but it doesn't take long to figure out who exactly they're talking about. Just with like with Florida state, it took no time whatsoever to read that article about Florida state and be like, Oh, that was a Mary Smims. That's, that's who they were colluding with. And that's who they were working with on that visit. And then this one, when that report came out about paying $8 million for a Tennessee football player, it's like, Oh, obviously that is Nico. And at that time, I, I remember when reading that, it was unheard of for anybody to unheard be leaking of. any type of information about paying athletes. Like even Texas A&M, they weren't being that loud about like, oh, this is what we're paying. Like you kind of knew it was going on, but Tennessee just flat out was like, this is what we got, fam. Like this is what we're working with. It sounds to me, because Texas A&M, like you said, is one of these schools that was out here trafficking with yeah. some heavy speeds. And I think the way they got by this in terms of NCAA investigations was just not paying those kids what they promised them, yeah. maybe. Or at least being very, very contractually obligated. Uh, maybe some NDAs signed. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, the, the oh, my God, why are they coming after us? How'd they even find this? Why are people investigating us? Buddy, you had the athletic quoted from Spire, the collection, out here telling them that they paid a five-star $8 million. You signed one five-star in the class. Oops. Everybody knows. Everybody knows what you did. Um, and, that, and again, the price point is not the problem. The problem was thinking that you could fly a private jet across the country, pick up a 17-year-old's family, bring them back to Knoxville, offer them the contract with the NIL collection, and then fly them back home. Again, all this stuff, very loud. Very loud because I, I'm of the belief that Nico and his family were so blown away by the offer that they were, I mean, it was way over anything that they ever even asked. Because like you said, it reset the market, okay? There's a reason Matt Rule's out here telling you that, you know, transfer quarterbacks or starting quarterbacks cost $2 million. Because these guys set the market in 2023. Um, I also love the take, I've seen a bunch of takes on this lately. I love the take that this is somehow going to demolish the NCAA, that this is going to piss off other institutions, that this is going to make other institutions mad, and that uh, because they keep going after these schools for NIL legislation. Buddy, listen to coaches. Listen to coaches stand in front of the microphone and tell you how corrupt the game of college football is right now, how all these kids are getting poached left and right with NIL uh, negotiations. They're trying. They're trying to go get these schools, and everybody just wants to shit on them. Everybody just wants to crap down their throats. It's so easy. It's the most easy take in the world to go on social media and go, ha, NCAA, bunch of idiots. Good luck. Good luck. Whoever he or she is that, that actually gets appointed the commissioner of college football, I promise you right now, your ass going to be hated. People are going to think you're an idiot, just like they do Roger Goodell, just like I started tonight's show. Welcome in. We got a loaded one for you. Um, we're going to talk about being born on third base. Okay, I don't necessarily think it's the case, but we're going to talk about it. And we're going to try. We're going to try to get into this Taylor Swift algorithm. Hold on with me. Hold on with me. We're going to ride that wave, baby. We're going to try to ride that wave. Um, we're going to set the bar. It's a nice little uh, segment our boy Kirby brought to us last week. We're going to bring it back again tonight. We're going to talk about Iowa's new offensive coordinator who – I can't wait to – I can't wait. I cannot <laughs> wait to bring you some of the stats on my man oh uh, right there. Uh, and then we're going to play a game of Yak or Smack, another game we brought into you last night or last week. And the Senior Bowl is underway. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button, like, subscribe, rate, review. Hey, we had a banger of a week last week, okay? Over 600 new subscribers uh, due to one film study. And here's what I got to thinking about, boys. 
I think we're great at this. I think there's no doubt we have the best show in college football. Um, I think we talk college football better than anybody. I know I'm biased. But I know there's one thing that this channel does better than anybody else, and that's actually talk football. Okay, when we get on that board and we break that shit down, ooh, y'all eat that in. Y'all, 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 it's just like a sponge. Okay, and the Alabama film study was an exact uh, example of that. I've already done my next study. I have not filmed it, meaning I have the notes on them. They're about two pages long. And ironically enough, it is on Nico and his first start against Iowa. I'm going to be bringing that to you tomorrow um, and, and and get into that, okay? Um, guys, the, the Taylor Swift stuff's not going to be real. It's going to be a joke. Um, so have fun and laugh with us, for Christ's sakes. Don't get serious on us. Um, but anyways, so there's that. Um, but hey, I want to take a quick second to throw some shout outs to our friends over at Prize Picks. Make sure you're running over to prizepicks.com today using promo code Brooks and signing up. You get a 100% deposit match. What does that mean? It means you put up to $100, you will get matched instantly with $100 over there. Um, and as of right now, the only way you can get some legal action in the state of Georgia that might be changing. We'll talk a little bit about that tonight as well. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button. If you miss any portion of tonight's broadcast, our boy Jay Will will have it up and ready for you on your podcast platforms. However, wherever you catch your podcast, make sure, make sure, make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button. All right, because your boy fighting through some pain. I might pass out when I'm done with this tonight. Hello. Right on live? That'd maybe, be pretty maybe sick. Maybe not huh? on live. Um, Honestly, if you were going to pass out, please do. Like, let me know so I can put the camera on you. Dude, I was telling y'all, I'm, I'm dead serious about this fluenza, okay? Here's how bad fluenza. it was, boys. Um, I was at the doctor yesterday morning, okay? I, I got this shit Saturday. I'm not going to tell you how I got it. Um, it was some ignorance from yours truly. Um, but anyways, I got this shit Saturday morning. I woke up just feeling like dog ass. And then I went to the doctor yesterday. And here's how bad it was. I was in my black... Uh, film guy hoodie, right? I had sweat stains through the tits, the pits, the back, and the sides. Okay, in a black hoodie. I was completely drenched, pouring all over my core. My legs were like frostbitten. Okay, I had gooseies on my lower body. My lower body was shivering. My upper body was in pure sweats because my, in my intestines were like, oh, we're about to die. We're about to die. We're about to die. We need to fight this fever. Okay, it was the worst thing I've ever had. No cap. So, yeah, stay away from the flu, boys. Trying to death. We needed to send the magic school bus inside of you and just see what was going on. Man, Miss Miss Frizzle, Miss Frizzle would have been like, "Yo, wrap him up, wrap him up, put him in a box. He's, He's a over goner. with." He's a goner. Honest to God, students, this is what we call death. Honest, dude. Honest to God, I've been with my wife almost nine years. It'll be nine years this spring. Um, God, it's a long time. Shouts out to my wife. Tremendous job of taking care of me. Um, I've gone through everything, broken shoulders, uh, torn AC joints, uh, fractured ankles, uh, all, all the stuff, playing football concussions, okay, all the stuff. She was right there with me. I ain't never cried in front of my wife, never. Not for anything other than my, my kids made me emotional. Dude, I, I, mm-mm, 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 this is some real shit, bro. This is some real shit. Stay away, stay away. And the moment you're offered, again, never done it. Always thought the flu shot. Oh, yeah. Inject me with the virus. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, the flu ain't shit. No, nah, the flu some shit, bro. Stay away. Um, but, yeah, we might make this a stay away from the flu show all night tonight. Um, some people are born on third base and act as if they hit a triple. What a bar from that yeah. man Jim Harbaugh back in 2021, huh? That might be my favorite Jim Harbaugh quote. Because I remember uh, what, it, what, it, what runs in the ranks for that. That's about it. Uh, we no. fence? 
Wii Fence. Do you remember Wii Fence? Yeah. I don't remember Wii We Fence. don't play offense. We don't play defense. We play Wii Fence. Mm. What was the one about, uh, like, something about, like, killer... I don't even remember. I'm going to Google best Jim Harbaugh quotes. You keep talking. Yeah, but no, basically <laughs> that, that born on third base thing is probably the favorite Jim Harbaugh quote I have, and it, it really cemented that rivalry between him and Ryan Day. And that was right before the table started turning, too, so... If worms had machine guns, then birds wouldn't be scared of them. Yeah, there you go. That's a, that's <laughs> one of them. What else you got? Oh, I didn't even click on them. Um, I don't take vacations. I don't get sick. I don't observe major holidays. I'm a jackhammer. I don't know what that means. Said a whole lot of nothing there. I take a vitamin every day. It's called a steak. Oh, dude. Dude, he drinks milk with his steak. Yeah. Have you heard about the chicken? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, heard uh, he walked into his, uh, I guess they had meals for pregame meal, and he walked up to the dietitian with all of his players sitting there, like, going through the food line, and he just grabbed steak and, like, a baked potato and some milk, and he walked up to his player while his player was getting some chicken, and he said, hey, don't eat that chicken. It's a nervous bird. I guess because a chicken's a nervous bird, he doesn't want nervous energy in his body, so he doesn't eat chicken. I, I'm still, I still can't get over eating a steak with milk. That's pretty diabolical. I, what? We play a game called Peru Ball. It's a game we invented in Peru. The rules are so simple. You play with a football, and one team's going in one direction, the other team's going in the other direction. Get the ball across the line, the length of a soccer goal, that's it. That's the only rules. I have no idea what he's talking about. Mm. This man, this man is impressive. Impressively uh, unique. And Quirky? Yeah, an encyclopedia of just dog shit quotes is what I like to say. Yeah. But no, the, the born, born on third base one is kind of ironic now that Sharon Moore has taken the keys to a national championship team. But I honestly, I got to thinking about it. Do you think that Sharon Moore has quote unquote been born on third base? No, I think it's the opposite. Okay, um, so then we're on when, the same wavelength. So this here. comment was obviously about Ryan Day replacing Urban Meyer. Um, you know, once Urban Meyer faked another heart attack. And then... <laughs> no, it was uh, brain. It was his brain. Brain aneurysms. Whatever. Back on college football immediately. And then went to Jacksonville, right? That's right. Yeah. Kicked yeah. a player. How do you do that twice? How do you fake a heart attack in Florida to get out of that contract? Take a couple years off, make a couple million on TV, then go take the Ohio State job. And then do the same thing, and then go kick a kicker in the NFL. Wild, wild, wild arc for uh for our boy Urban. But no, this is totally different in my opinion, um, because of what. Here, here's the difference, right? Urban left Ohio State fully intact. It was like, here's the keys. I'm gonna go retire. Okay, I'm gonna go talk about football on on Fox. I'm gonna go to a bar. Yeah, I'm gonna go to a bar and holler at a blonde chick. Um, so there's that, and then there's what. Harbaugh is currently doing to Michigan, which is absolutely pillaging the village. This dude is taking everybody, everybody that wants to come. He like Jerry Maguire is standing up. You know, I'm I'm doing it. I'm gonna go start my own agency. Who's coming with me? And then Penelope stands up. It's like I got you, baby. We're going. Don't forget my fishbowl. Um, there's that whole thing going on, and it's totally different than what Ohio State. Oh, and by the way, NCAA sanctions, right? Investigations. All out the wazoo. This could not be any more different. In fact, I don't even think he's born on first. I think he's born in the hole. I think it looks like he was born on third base, but there is a nuclear missile oncoming that'll be there in about a season or two where people are just going to be like, oh my God, what the hell is going on with Michigan? You also have to remember that Oregon's in the Big Ten. The team that went to the national championship now, they lost their head coach as well, and their roster got gutted. But 
that team's in your conference as well. Ohio State has just assembled the Avengers, it looks like, with, mm-hmm. through the transfer portal. So things aren't going to be very easy for Michigan going forward. One question I have for Michigan fans is, if you didn't win a title, what would you feel about this dude? Right? If they, if they lost that game to Washington, let's just mm-hmm. say, and he heads off to the NFL, leaves you with all these sanctions, and then pillages your roster and leaves you with Sharon Moore as your head coach, You'd be dog cussing him. Oh, you no, would, yeah. you would yeah. hate him. They he wouldn't be allowed him. back on campus. But since he won, oh, so everything's all good. I think you uh, bought me a brand new house, honey. You can beat me. Oh, just kidding. And I, I but I do think that's you can kind abuse of me mentally. It's been mental abuse. Let's yeah. let's call it. Oh, for sure. He ain't put yeah. his hands on Michigan, but he's definitely mentally uh, oh, he's taking been, advantage yeah. of him. Yeah, and I think like at the end of the day, like the more you look at it, this, was kind of perhaps Jim Harbaugh's evil plan, where it was like. He always wanted to go back to the NFL, but he knew that unless I have a unless I deliver a national championship to this team, there will be no way I can leave a a dignified not even dignified but respected within this organization. To where now you can pretty much do whatever you want. I mean, he has up and left. He's leaving sanctions all on the table possible. I mean, gutted the roster. So yeah, it it, it has worked out well for him in that aspect. Yeah, went back to the ex girlfriend after saying he wasn't going to go back to the ex girlfriend. That's that's, that's kind of how it feels to me after flirting with the ex girlfriend. Yeah, after flirting is. and getting caught and like, oopsie, sorry. Here's you a nice big gift present. Now I'm gonna leave. Everything's okay though. You just have to get deal with your shit, or whatever. I but I mean, even without the sanctions or anything like that, I still wouldn't call it being born on third base. I don't yeah. think that Michigan's rosters in the standpoint mm-hmm. of where you could call it being born on third base. Um, but if I mean, it only would be if Sharon Moore would be able to continue what Jim Harbaugh was able to do with the roster, which he might be able to do that. Um, now, of course, like we mentioned, it really doesn't matter because of all this stuff that's looming in the distance for them. So I think it's still a top job, obviously. It definitely puts you ahead of most just automatically in the pack. But I think that Sharon Moore, honestly, has one of the more unfortunate positions in college football because the public persona is going to be, oh, you were handed the keys to a national championship winning team you should have success when in reality you have such an uphill battle to have success with this team you have now because of all the things we've listed. So the public perception is you should be winning, but it's going to be twice as hard to win now with the situation Jim Harbaugh's left you. So I think he's going to have a really difficult tenure, honestly. I'm just sitting here writing them out. I'm trying to decide where I would even put Michigan on the top jobs. I mean, just think about it. Georgia, Texas, USC, Bama, Ohio State, LSU, those are non-negotiables. Um, I'd probably put uh, Florida above it. You put Florida above it? I think so. Because of proximity to talent? Proximity of talent? And I mean, heck it. All right, we'll put Florida with a question mark there. Um, My next was like Oregon. Where's Oregon ranking this mm. comparative to Michigan? Gosh, that's so tough. In the world of NIL. I'd put them on the same level, honestly. I would too. Yeah. I mean, they have Big Ten pockets now. Their pockets are extremely deep. So, I mean, that's that's the real question. I mean, how good is this job anyways? Now, I know Harbaugh turned it into something, but Harbaugh was the third best team in the Big Ten until he hired Stallions. Ooh. Who's the second? What you ooing? Who's Penn the second? State. Penn State got him uh, two out of four years before Stallions was hired. Yeah, yeah I guess Maybe so. three out of four. I guess so, yeah. Penn State and, and my boy James Franklin was out here getting contract extensions off of Jim Harbaugh's ass. <laughs> so, ain't no lie there. Um with some daggum uh, Trace McSorley at quarterback. Trace McSorley. Was that a rap song or something? Whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't know about the Trace McSorley I think you song? guys tried to introduce me to this one time on a road trip. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think quite we did. remember it. Yeah. 
Um, Legendary anyways, We don't have to recap that. You had to be there. Yeah, it had to be there. Um, Iowa? Or should we talk T-Swizzle? It's up to you. You're driving this boat. Let me, me drive the Leia, boat. Let me drive the boat. Yeah? Yeah, let's talk Taylor Swift. All right. So here's how we're going to do this. You explain it. All right. So Taylor Swift has been in the media a shit ton lately for reasons that pure football fans aren't exactly enthused about, and so much so that has kind of led to the entire world preying on the Chiefs' downfall. So I've kind of wondered, who is the Taylor Swift equivalent to college football? Who is that person that is loved, is over, 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 uh, hyped, overhyped, yeah. over, over, I'm losing the word, what is it? Publicized? Over-publicized, thank you. Over-publicized to a point that you're just sick and tired of seeing them, and they don't even have as much to do with the game as it it, it shows. So when they cut to this person, you're like, why am I seeing this person? It makes no sense to me. All right, so give me your first nomination. My first nomination is Matthew McConaughey. That's a solid one. I don't understand. I don't don't get why he's at the game. I, I get why he's at the game. I don't get why it's important he's at the game. I don't care that you've created some position that gives you an excuse to be on the, what is it, a minister of team culture? It's the, what I'm, the hell is it's that? It's the, I'm putting bags into yeah, this school, so I'm going to stand on that sideline with my tight jeans and dap up players. That's what that is. Yeah, and, and like mid-game interviews, like, let's talk to Matthew McConaughey about how he thinks the game is going. Like, why are we doing this? It's so it, he's he is the Taylor Swift equivalent in college football for me in that he's a celebrity that has nothing to do with the game, has no effect on it, but they will pan to him every chance they can. Hmm. You got one? I got one in this context of like someone who people love to talk about, they clamor to it, and I just don't really get it. Now, and I said I put tie this in with Taylor Swift because in the NFL scene of like obviously Taylor Swift immensely talented, whatever, but on the NFL scene. I don't really need to hear about her all the time and see her all the time throughout the game. And for me right now, that's P.J. Fleck. P.J. Hmm. Fleck, loved by many. Three years ago, that's great. P.J. Fleck deserves some love three years ago. Row the boats, got the tie on, I'm rocking with you now. That was fun. Three years later, I'm not really getting it anymore. Like, sure, it's cool. You're at Minnesota. You got all this stuff. But, like, I don't don't see the lore or the lust for a P.J. Fleck anymore. Can I tell you a story about P.J. Fleck? Yeah, I would love to hear a PJ Flex story. I'm going to tell the story on air because, bro, if you out here in the world acting like this, people need to talk about you. All right, so I'm going to do it. I was at a a, a camp circuit, all right? This was very recently. And a bunch of coaches, a bunch of coaches there, a bunch of college coaches. And here comes PJ Fleck. And P.J. Fleck, now a lot of head coaches have assistants, like dedicated to them. They follow them around. Kirby's got one of these guys. Follows them around, helps him out with all of his schedule, tells him what's coming up next. Hey, who's that guy? You know, all, all the little right-hand man stuff, or right-hand woman stuff, right? Bro, P.J. Fleck was treating this dude like one of them guys in the video or in the uh, in the history books that's fanning the, the king with a fucking leaf. Ooh, all right? Sorry. Um, flu brain all over the place. Um but yeah, Pete, like to the point where he would finish his water, and he would just hold it like this, and the guy would come up and pick it out of his hand. Shit, you not. He would stick his hand out like this. Assistant would give him his phone, and he would start talking. That's baller. Not baller. It's so baller. It's D-bag. What, what if he is. made you That's do so that? Baller. Yeah. What if I made you do that? Oh, I would never do that. Exactly. Exactly. Nah, exactly. It's very demeaning to your employees. Um, the other thing that I noticed about him 
is all the reporting on this dude. Have you heard some of these stories? Mm-mm. Bro, at Minnesota, when P.J. Fleck walks in the room, the whole team has to stand up and give him a standing ovation. And if he doesn't <laughs> – I'm serious. No, you're serious. That's just funny. That's just here's the best part. If he doesn't like the sound with which he was met no. with, he walks back out of the room oh. and starts over. P.J. Fleck has a three-inch binder that he gives every single new player. And in that binder is like 47 pages of cliches, just all kind of little coaching Id- idioms, right? Like, uh, if you ain't first, you're last. Or, you know, all the dumb shit. Uh, there's two types of pain, pain of regret and pain of discipline, right? Like, all these really good coach idioms, it's just a dictionary of them, all right? And when he bumps into players – a, if they don't have their binder on them, they get punished. B, he makes them recite it on spot. All right? And the other thing, I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something along the lines of, oh, I know what it was. If he asks you how you're doing, you have to say, I'm elite. You can't say, I'm good, coach. How are you? It's a ba- he's, he's baiting you to say that I'm elite. So if you walk up and say, hey, Jay Will, how you doing? I'm elite. I mean, that's all you can do. If you say anything else, he punishes you. Bro, what? Yeah, this dude has a has a real coaching job. This is a cult. Very much so. Yes. Very much so. So, so yeah, I'm with you there. Well, um, I, I got I got a submission too. for you. What's up? And I don't got? feel great about this one. Who you got? Ben Herbstreet getting way oh, too much. Oh, oh no. no. He went for the dog? I went for the dog, man. I'm, I'm a dog lover. Don't get me wrong. I love me some dogs. But I could not imagine, and I can't imagine this because we it would be us. I could not imagine one of you two's credentials getting pulled from the damn Rose Bowl because Ben Herbstreet needed a freaking credential. Now, I love Kirk. All right, Kirk, fan of the show. I love Kirk. We all love Kirk. I think Kirk's the best in the business. But why your dog on the sideline? Why your dog on the sideline? I can't even get sideline photo credentials. And your damn dog got a credential around his neck. Can't, can't get over it. And way too much TV time for Ben. Nah, dude, he's a cute dog. He is cute. He's dog. a good boy. Dude. I ain't even gonna lie to you. I don't. I don't manufacture a lot of takes. I manufactured that one. Yeah, I was gonna I say. I didn't feel like, good about tough that. Tough blow for Ben, man. Dang. I, I didn't feel the passion behind. Yeah, I got a wow. real one though. It's the antithesis of this, right? Taylor gets way too much love, right? Way too much love. Way too much attention. Way too much talking about this. Um, Bill O'Brien's the opposite of this. I think Bill O'Brien's a good football coach that gets shit on just because he's Bill O'Brien. Yeah. And that's I th- unfortunate. I think the thing that really hurt Bill O'Brien and, and when this really started coming about was the way that the DeAndre Hopkins trade was handled. When they sent him yeah. off to Arizona, it was kind of like, what is Bill O'Brien doing? And then the Texans were bad after that. I was like, oh, he's an idiot. And then just everything after that has kind of been like, oh, Bill O'Brien sucks no matter where he goes. When he was at Bama, he wasn't a good OC. Where was he after this? Where was he after Bama before he came back to Ohio State? He was coaching in the league. Yeah, but even then, still was like, yeah, he was like, oh, this guy can't do anything. So I just thought of another one. What's up, Ric Flair? Now, Ric Flair, icon. I mean, absolute nature boy, the woo, everything, everything to do with who he is outside of college football, phenomenal. But I don't give a damn about who Ric Flair is rooting for in the national title game because it's always somebody else. One year it's Georgia, then I'm gonna go root for Michigan. Oh, now I'm a Bama fan. I don't give a damn who you want to root for, Ric Flair. Piss on your opinion. The weird one was him jumping on the Tampa bandwagon after they lost. Did you see this? (laughs) Yeah, that was interesting. He tweeted about how he was just this major Baker Mayfield fan, and I'm like, bro, that's that's a first. 
and, and people thought I was calling Baker a loser. I wasn't. I was talking about the Bucks being a loser, like losing, having lost that game. And then to turn on Twitter and see, uh, you know, Ric Flair's new affiliation with the Bucks. I'm like, what? That makes no sense. Normally you pick the winner when you bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Who bandwagons the loser? That's wild. <laughs> Mattress Mac. Some Ric Flair shit right there. Um, hey, yeah, I, I, the, the Taylor Swift conversation was all about the algorithm. I hope that bangs. Do we have any more? Uh, chat was saying Coach Prime a lot, but I, I saw. I, that. I think Coach Prime, while he is over publicized by the media and he he is kind of over loved and over hyped, he has an effect on the game and he is coaching football and he he is making moves. He's turned that Colorado program into a positive trajectory for at least the next year, at least. All right, so. let's talk about this new Iowa offensive coordinator. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you this right now: there was no way of winning this one. Okay, no matter what they did. Um, hell, they put it up on Indeed. I, I, I kept getting Gmail notifications from Indeed talking Did you about apply? finish your application. They wanted a new resume. I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't created a resume since like 2019, so mm. I didn't feel like doing it. Um, even though the joke would have been funny. but I should have applied. You should have applied? Do you think you would have got it? No. Yeah, I didn't think so either. Um, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe a second call. He just wanted to throw a shot at you. Like, hey, watch my Kalen DeBoer breakdown. Bama fans loved it. Um, but now they have a new offensive coordinator and his name is Tim Lester. Okay. Now Tim Lester is currently, or was currently an analyst for the green Bay Packers. The last time Tim Lester called plays was in 2014 and 2015 oh boy. for the Syracuse orange the orange. And, uh, he finished one 14th and one, or excuse me, one 16th and one 19th in total offense, which horrible absolutely awful would still be an improvement on iowa oh god so So, hey hey (laughs) moving up in the world moving up six spots we went from absolute dog shit to maybe some human shit to (laughs) i don't know i'd argue human shit's worse yeah probably i don't know you catch one of the big labradors bro (sighs) yeah but you look at alex ogletree liking my tweets come on the show baby alex yeah the former Georgia player? Yeah. That's well, Alec. Okay. Maybe it was Alex. It's Alexander. It's Xander who liked that tweet okay. for sure. Um, yeah. That was one of my worst takes ever. Coming out of high school, I thought Xander was going to be a dude. Because mm. I watched him at Noonan. Classic high school football player that was just a maniac. Um, but no, nah, it didn't pan out. It was, it was five like ten. 15 years ago. Yeah, it was. Um, I remember watching them against Warner Robins. A whole different thing. But – yeah, this this Iowa OC, no winning options there for them, right? Yeah, no. There was, I mean, heck, when your opening job doesn't even have any type of buzz or like no one's really even providing any real updates of like, hey, by the way, this guy's interested in the job. Hey, they're looking at this guy. There was nothing around the offensive coordinator job. And that tells you that, A, people probably aren't that interested in it. And B, it's just a crappy job, and you're probably doomed, regardless of who you're going to hire. You're you're likely doomed, and that's exactly what ended up happening. Is there a here. minimum for what you have to pay coordinators in the NCAA? Probably. Like I know there's league minimums in the NFL and things such as it's that, but be. can you just say to an offensive coordinator, like, "Hey, we'll pay you fifty thousand dollars a year"? Because if so, why don't you just hold auditions where people come and play? <laughs> I don't know NCAA fourteen or Madden, the new Madden, and just sh- showcase their offensive play calling abilities. Iowa football would be so much more interesting if you did. You're not going to win the Big Ten. 
You're, you're, especially with these new divisions, you're yeah. not, you're not, you don't stand a chance. Why Can't not walk to the West? Anymore. Yeah, why not make your team interesting? Where it's like, hey, we've got an average Joe just who plays video games calling our plays this year. Now I know that would never happen, but it would make Iowa football way more interesting than it is. The only thing against that though is Iowa definitely can be a top twelve team. That's my that's my only pushback oh. on that. Of like, huh? You think it'd be a top 12 team? I don't know team? about top 12. I mean, they were pretty much in the top 12 the entire but year. that's because of the divisions. They got to play a Big Ten West schedule. They don't get to do that Yeah, anymore. but, I yeah. mean, they as as crappy as they were, they still have found ways to win games. That's true. That's the thing about Iowa. Like, they, as crappy as their offense is, they're going to find a way to win nine, ten games. Yeah, I, I don't not, know what the schedule looks like this year. I don't think that's possible anymore for yeah. them. Winning, 12, winning nine games in the Big Ten West I'm just saying, not, it's not like a shitty football program. No, it's not It's not program. UMass. It's not Vanderbilt. I mean, it's not even Syracuse. No, it's, no, there's – I mean, Fran's doing a great job, but it's not Illinois. Right. It's better than that. Right. You can, you can have success at Iowa, but I mean – for the time being, just like, hey, screw it. One year, we're just going to have some guy call plays for us. Like and we'll you, see. You just – some A celebrity. You just open up practice like, hey, who wants to be a kicker? Celeb Come shot. Come on up. Celeb shot. Every game is a celeb <laughs> shot, right? I think the women's TCU basketball team had to have open tryouts because they needed more bodies. And so they got some people on Here's the team. Here's an idea. You farm it out and you say you can basically pay to call a play. Ooh. And then you, you get booster endowment in. Hey, 20 G's. Call a whole quarter against Dude, Ohio State. There would be some insane stuff that would happen. Probably. Probably. But it is Annexation of Puerto Rico. <laughs> it is awful football up there offensively. And it wasn't just that they didn't have good I – mean, I, I, I went and watched it, unfortunately, and just conceptually made no sense. None of it. Um, third and five, we're running 15-yard corners like what are we doing you know um second and 10 we're running you know the third and two package instead of the the second and 10 package just not, none of it made very much sense um all right on to our next segment smack or yak what do you got for me all right so i like i by like the way i am absolutely weaning right now so push Hang in there, buddy. You only got an hour and 15 to go. I know, right? (laughs) God dang, dude. So this rule has come under a lot of fire recently, particularly in the NFL, but it is also a college rule, so much so that the rule has kind of been up for debate to be changed next year, and I think it would be a utter disappointment if it was. I think the touchback rule where the ball goes out the back of the end zone and the other team gets the ball is the perfect rule, and it should not be changed. Who's talking about changing it? Oh, it's up for, like, debate in the NFL. Like, they're talking about doing it in the NFL next year. It's because it's happened twice now in the playoffs. Yeah, mm-hmm. protect the football. Yeah. I think teams should be punished for fumbling in the most crucial spot of, spot of the I game. Think, I think it's one of the coolest rules that makes football very unique. Yes. Thank you. That you can drive 99 yards, 99.9 yards, and if you don't take care of the football as you cross that goal line, it doesn't matter. The other team gets the ball. It's like one of the cool, to me, it's one of the coolest rules in the sport. Mm-hmm. Other than this, uh, and I don't know if this is true, Robbie Ross, if this is a lie, I'm going to find you. Um, my high school special teams coach told me this. If you fair catch a football, okay, if you fair catch a football, technically you can walk out there, put a ball on a tee, and kick it from where you fair caught it for a, a singular point. Kick it for what, like a field goal? Yeah. Hold on. This is at the college level, I would assume. So he told me in high school. I don't know if this is oh, completely high school. true. I'm looking this up. Um, wait, 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 wait. You fair catch the ball? If you fair catch a football, 
So like if I fair catch a ball at the 50, I get to walk out there, have an untimed down, if I so choose, and kick a one-point field goal. I'm I mean, pretty sure. I mean, maybe. I don't even know how you would Google that. You would have to get like a, a fair catch in your own. That's why it never happens. Yeah. Is what you're talking about. All right. This, this is from quirkyresearch.com. And this says, after a fair catch, an NFL team has the right to take a free kick from the line of scrimmage on the next play. If the kick goes through the uprights, the kicking team scores three points. It is also known as a free kick field goal. So wait, if you miss the kick, it doesn't count then? That's your possession. That's your possession. Well, no shit. You can kick the field goal anywhere, and it's that doesn't make any sense. This is a free kick, though. This is not a field goal. Yeah, you didn't earn it. You just caught the ball where you caught it, and right, you kicked the field goal. Right, but the free kick, like there's no one can right, block it. I'm gonna look up what a free kick is. No one can block it then. Like it doesn't make like he basically just said basically like a team can catch a. I I interpret it as it's an untimed down. That's what they mean by a free kick. It's not that you can't go out there and block it. But the way my high school coach uh, determined to me is that like you can literally go out there and set it on a tee, and it's basically like a kickoff. Where there's nobody out there, and you just get to walk out there and boot to some bitch as far as you can. But isn't that nuts? Okay. A free kick is lined up like a kickoff rather than a field goal, as there is no snap and no kicking tee allowed. Instead, the bay must be placed or drop kicked, and the defense must stand at least 10 yards from the line of scrimmage before the ball is kicked. Huh. Oh, That's I wild. Didn't, I didn't know that. Apparently, it happened in 2019 with the Carolina Panthers and the Tampa Bay Bucks. See, I love this about my brain, but I hate this about my brain. <laughs> I can't hold on to nothing worth anything, okay? But when it comes to football, steel trap. Absolutely steel trap. Um, so, yeah, that's one of the quirkier rules in all of football. Hmm. I just would like to know the people who are against the rule, like, what's your solution then? Like, people say you get the ball where you fumbled. What? Or it goes back to your – you maintain possession of the ball, but it goes to the 25-yard line. Now, I agree. Like, obviously, when it happens to you, like, the instant reaction is like, God, that rule sucks. Like, I hate yeah. that rule so much. When it happens to you, I understand that. People are going to act irrationally when it happens to yourself because it's like, golly, dude. Like, we, we should have scored, but we didn't, whatever. But, yeah, I just feel like there's no other solution to it that would improve it anyways. Like, I don't think of any – I can't think of anything logical that would um, help solve that issue if you view it as an issue. I can't wait to run into Robbie Ross one day and be like, bro, you're a genius. <laughs> you're, you're a smart guy. Now I just want to see it happen. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Um, so is that a smack? Are we all? Sure. Yeah. I mean, oh, that... no, no, no. I love the rule. I don't want to get rid of it. Yeah, that's my so opinion. So where that's, does that fit that, in the yakker smack? Well, that's my take. Like My take is like, keep okay. the rule. I think we're don't all smacking on your opinion. Yeah, yeah we're that's all smacking smack. on that opinion. I think it's like the football. And Ryan Clark had the, the greatest uh, take on this, I thought. The football is is like it's religious sanctimony, like the football is precious, and the end zone. Are you kidding me? The end zone is is the finish line. It's where we all. It's what the whole offense is predicated off of getting in that damn end zone. And if you sacrifice that football, then you sacrifice the possession. And screw you, you lost. Um, it's why it's so easy to coach too. Do not extend the football. Do not extend the football. Do not extend the football until it's fourth down. And that's all you have to coach. And the great coaches coach it. And the great players are disciplined about it. And the ones who, you know. Taunt after a big catch. Maybe, I wouldn't say that. Or... I was just like the ones who do too much. There, there are football players that do too much. Just don't do too much. You know, Stetson did too much in 2020 and 2021. 
2022, played it straight. As straight as Stetson Bennett could, but, you know, didn't do too much. Same thing. He had one of these plays against Tennessee. Kirby chewed his ass. The next time Tennessee played at home, he didn't do it. Yep. Reached with two hands, not one. So, yeah, no, protect the football. Screw that rule. Actually, yay that rule. Screw anybody trying to change it. All right, cool. Any more? That's all my, that's the only topic I got for this. Team. All right. Um, senior Bowl impressions right quick before we flip over to the uh, you want to local. set the line or set the bar, I mean? Oh, yeah, let's set the bar. We forgot about LSU. Uh, LSU is our program tonight that we're going to set the bar on. I think this one's really obvious, in my opinion. They got to finish top three in the SEC to be deemed a, a success. But to me, it's not even about finishing, really. The bar for Brian Kelly at LSU this year is drastic defensive improvement. Yeah, they yes. have to be so much better on defense than they were last year, and that's all their fan base really cares about this year, in my opinion, or should. Yeah, I think I think the bar got set a little too high. Your expectations after that first season where you won the West, kind of like, oh, you know, this is a national championship team. This is a playoff team. No, it wasn't. The defense had had nothing going for it. So I think it was interesting to see. It is interesting to see now how much those expectations have been curtailed, to where it's now kind of like, hey. We'll take a two-loss season if it means, you know, maybe we beat an Alabama or if it means our defense is averaging 10 points less per game. So I think that's probably the expectation. So I can't necessarily say a record or, like, there's a certain team they have to beat or certain record they have to Schedule's have. Schedule's not that bad. No. No, it's I looked not. at it today. I have it pulled up right now. I can read it. You open up with USC, so you should win that one. Nickel oh, State. Oh, no, Miller Moss, that guy. Nickel State, South Carolina, UCLA, South Alabama, Ole Miss, Arkansas, that Texas A&M, Alabama, Florida, Vanderbilt, Oklahoma. It's very weird to see both U USC and So UCLA. I think I think the bar is split Alabama or Oklahoma. Like you have to beat one of those teams. Yeah. You have to like you said show improvement on defense and win 9 games. And I think that, if you do all three of them cuz what was their record this year? Uh they, they lost 3 games this year in the regular season. Was it only 3? I think so. I think that's correct. Think they lost mean, Ole think, Miss. They lost Alabama. Dude, they get Alabama and Oklahoma at home, too. Hmm. They yeah, Missouri. I, and they get Ole Miss at home. That gum. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. The schedule's not terrible. That's very fortunate for them. Um, So, that'll be good news for them. Oh, Florida State. Ah, uh, yeah, to start the season. Yeah. That's right. Those are the three losses. Um. Yeah, so, I think, yeah, I think that's the bar. Just general defensive improvement. Yeah, I think obviously you're kind of under the assumption that you're definitely going to be taking a little bit of a step back on offense. Well, I don't yeah. know how much, um, but probably pretty drastically compared to how well you did on offense this year. But I think if if you if that comes alongside the fact that your defense gets immensely better, you take that trade off every single day. Because if you have an immensely better defense last year, then you win a lot more football games. Um, I'm going to say based on the amount of home games that they have, you should – the cap should be you lose two games, but you should definitely expect to be a top twelve football team, in my opinion, by the end of the season. Yeah, I think the I think the absolute threshold, like the like this is just getting by, is nine wins. Yeah, like yeah. I think ten wins is really what you should be aiming for. If you can get nine, like hey, maybe you know we had a bad game here, but I do think you need to win nine game or ten games this year. Top three is that line for getting into the playoff. I yeah, you you'd be really stretching to put in four SEC teams. Yeah. It'd be very interesting to see how they redo those. Uh, I don't know. Kind of I mean, would you? The I, th I think the SEC can get four teams. At that in. point, it There's depends. At that point, there was a limit. 
There's a limit. That's something. There was per conference. You could only have three per conference. At that point, though, you're getting into the. It was the SEC rule. You're shaking um, your head. It was the SEC rule. You're getting into the territory too of it. Really, just depends on what uh, what what the rest of college football does too. Like, what does yeah. the Big Ten look like? What does Big Twelve look like? ACC, et cetera. All right, I got to tell you this about uh, all these events. Now, I think the Senior Bowl is a tremendous event. I think it's a great opportunity for NFL evaluators to get their hands on football players and watch them, you know, compete against one another in full pads. It's really the last time they'll get an opportunity to evaluate the football player, not the body and not the what he looks like in shorts and a T-shirt. It's actual football playing. Now, here's what you got to be very careful about, particularly from a media observer, okay? And I've never been there, but I've been to a bunch of these types of events. And the number one thing that media members say to one another during these events is, hey, who'd you like today? Who'd you like today? Who'd you like today? Who'd you like today? And all they're doing is trying to gauge their own opinions. And what ends up happening is I go to Kirby and I say, hey, what'd you think today? And he tells me he likes four names, okay? And then I go to the next guy, hey, what'd you think today? And Jonathan gives me four new names, but two of those names are two of the names that Kirby mentioned. And then all of a sudden I talk to seven guys and I got the same four names, okay? And these are my media darlings. And this is why every single time one of these things happens, like the Elite 11, there's one of these that comes out. Everybody loves them. You know who a classic example of this is? Ty Thompson. Ty Thompson back in 2021's Elite 11 was the media darling. Everybody loved Ty Thompson because he looks so pretty. He's so handsome, so big, so strong, rips it, okay? Just wasn't that good, okay? But everybody loved him. Everybody And just, hey, what do you think? I like that guy. All right, so you got to be very, very careful. And we can see this come out in the Senior Bowl every single year. There's always a media darling that just doesn't wind up, you know, doesn't pan out, ends up going undrafted. Or, hey, what happened to that guy that balled out of the Senior Bowl? Ah, you know, he's on a roster somewhere, but it didn't really work out. What I'm trying to tell you is be very, very careful if you ever get into an industry like this of asking other people their opinions because they will cloud yours. Hmm. That's valuable information. Any uh, general observations of day one at the Senior Bowl? Um, Nothing that we won't talk about in the Georgia hour. All right, let's flip it over. Play the intro. 